let's see. What are we doing today? Um, like I say, I'm going to surprise you with the topic. We're doing this. Okay. We should have recorded like three shows and then we both didn't because we're both adults and we get busy. So. Well, yeah, yeah, that's this. what I look at it. <laughs> you always look at it positive. <laughs> this one <laughs> is uh, the best way on improving gymnastics. So like if you have to improve on gymnastics, we got into a little bit on it on the um, on the 80% outside the gym. We got a little bit on, we talked a little bit about uh, improving on gymnastics no it was on one of the podcasts we did anyway we talked a little bit about like if you want to do muscle-ups you know you need to start with pull-ups and so on and so forth but if you're starting from bare bones like scratch and you know you come in there and you see some dude flying on the rings or a lady flying on the rings and doing these muscle-ups you're like i want to do that like where do you start in progression to getting to do these high skilled gymnastics movements uh, well, I mean, that's a tough question, but you got to give me, so like put it this way, like just give me a, a hypothetical athlete. Like where are they at? Like do they have the prerequisite strength to pull their body weight up? Like so on we'll a pull-up bar or do they have, do they have this strict pull-up? This is pull the up? first athlete. We'll do athlete number one. They can okay. do one strict pull-up. Okay. And they, and and they want to get better at just gymnastics as a whole, or is there some type of gymnastics they want to get better at? So they're like a certain aspect. Like they want to get better at gymnastics as a whole, like the whole thing. They okay. want to be able to go into the open and they want to do the chest to bar pull-ups. They want to, whatever the open rights is gymnastics wads. They want to be able to do that next year, starting from now. So that would be like one if they can do one pull-up. Um, I would, I would start by building more of that, like uh, absolute strength, where they can just move their body in space without any kipping. Yet, you know what I'm saying? I'd like to get that number a bit higher, where it's instead of one, we're looking more like at five to ten unbroken um, in a in a set, no problem. Uh, and then, but at the same time, um, while they're doing that, I would I could still work different body positions. Um, so, like the most important body positions and gymnastics for the most part, especially when we're doing like stuff where we're pulling our body up, um, is going to be, uh, like hollow body and arch body position. You know what I mean? So it'd be a lot of different holds, um, in that just to strengthen, uh, the core to extremity movements that's going to help, um, later on. So that's the first thing I would do is like, if they, I would, I still work the strength portion of them, like as far as like the, like the programming, to help uh, be able to move their body weight for more reps than just one. But I'd also start like prerequisite wise, like seeing where they are, like the hollow body holds, arch body holds um, and things like that. Once now, if we progressed onto that, uh, where we're going to actually, then, then with gymnastics, you also want to see if anybody like, can they hold their body weight um, vertically, you know, on their hand, you know what I'm saying? Can they do it? Can they do a handstand hold and how long can they do a handstand hold for? Uh, I'd, I'd like to get someone where they can comfortably hold like an arch body or a hollow body position for a minute, no problem for multiple sets um, before I start like progressing uh, onto the actual pull up bar, the rings or anything like that. And now we're assuming that these, this athlete now has like progressed to the point like where they have multiple sets of strict pull ups. Um, and now we're going to start trying to throw some kipping in there. And we want to make sure like the body positions, like moving their body in space, that they're, they're kipping efficiently. 
And if we've worked the hollow body and the arch body enough, just static positions, like even from the ground or even from like a dead hang on the pull-up bar, if we've worked out enough where they've strengthened those positions, then the transfer over into kip uh, will be a lot easier. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like the, the more used they are, the more the, the more they're, the more they're used to being in those body in, the, in those positions and holding those positions for a period of time, the stronger they're going to be in those positions overall. So if I'm going to transfer them, I'm going to do a pull-up bar doing kipping pull-ups. Like if they have a solid hollow and arch position because they've been working those holds for so long, it's going to be pretty easy to transfer that onto the pull-up bar. I think it's the athletes that have the issue. Like they may have the prerequisite strength to do like multiple straight pull-ups so the kipping is an option, um, but they haven't really worked those body positions, which are the hollow and arch body positions, enough to be comfortable on it. Um, because you need to work those, move those, move to those positions in space as you're pulling your body up at the same time. So once I get an athlete more comfortable with that, then I start, you know, getting them on the pull-up bar, and then I'm working those positions on the pull-up bar and how this was transfer those. And we start off small, like just regular old kip swings, like so they can learn how to transfer um, the power between the arch and the hollow positions. And then we start adding a little bit of arm pull, uh, and then we start going towards the full movement so they can feel what it's like. But at the same time. I don't let that, I wouldn't let an athlete, I wouldn't tell an athlete to just keep trying to throw more and more reps on there if they all started going to crack, for lack of a better way to say it. Like if they were able to do solid kicking pull-ups with solid, solid, you know, a transfer to a hollow and arch position for like two or three reps, then all of a sudden when they got past that third rep, it went to junk. I wouldn't keep, have them keep going and going and going. I'd have them dial it in. It's kind of like the same thing with like a barbell. If technique is good on rep three and four, but then it goes to crap on five, six, and seven. Uh, you don't, you correct them, you cue them, and then you work on that so that we can correct five, six, and seven so they can do it for multiple reps and they get more comfortable at it. Um, you know, it's not, it's tough because it's not a simple answer because gymnastics, moving your body in space and being comfortable doing that takes a little bit of time to develop. Other athletes are more, uh, We'll say like they're more, I, I would say predisposed to being better at it. I think some athletes that have uh, a background and being able to move their body and what their body's doing in space are going to be able to connect the dots faster than athletes that aren't quite there yet. So you really have to take it on a case by case basis. So like, that's how I would start. And then we progress from there. And then you're talking about like building capacity for once they do have kicking pull-ups, if they want to go to butterfly pull-ups and get faster and build their capacity, we're talking about like, different types of progressions at that point and now because now we're trying to add in like overall like the amount of volume or amount of work they can do with those gymnastics movements we're trying to add like add to that category a little bit more once they've like kind of developed the three rec strengths but i wouldn't that's that's what that that's what an athlete that has one strict pull coming in you know i started off trying to build more strict pull-ups work the hollow and arch body positions from static positions like from the ground and things like that um and that's just from the pull-up section of it yeah, we've just covered like basically pulling movements as a whole right now. But the the the, the time it takes, time frame wise, is there a specific time that you would tell them if, let's say right now we're going to do, we're working on the pulling movements. So we want to be able to do butterfly, we want to be able to do chest to bar, and we want to be able to do at least one muscle up, right? By the time the open comes up. Is there, like, when you're working from that one strict pull up, time frame like when do the progression start to go like when do you see like okay now it's time we're going to move into maybe doing more of working on your kips and then now we're going to work on butterfly and so on and so forth um it's it's when they are able to like especially when they start 
I do the kip first because the kip allows people to like get more comfortable spending time in those hollow and arch and arch body positions and transferring to it. When I'm going to add more of that in is when I feel comfortable with the athlete. One has the prerequisite strength to do multiple kipping pull-ups without because you know people have. I'm kind of in the I'm in the camp of just because you can do a kipping pull-up. You should, doesn't mean you should be doing kipping pull-ups if you don't have that prerequisite like strict strength. Like if yeah. you can't pull your body weight up without kipping, I would I would keep hammering that um, that weakness until I really started adding any volume as far as um, the kipping or the butterfly pull-ups go. So we're assuming now the athletes progress where they're at a point, um, you know. And there's different programs you're going to do. Basically, it's the same thing. The type of progress, like progressive overload, like where they're going to they're going to see like, we're going to progress that movement more and more and with different programs and things like that, where they're going to get more comfortable at that movement um, and get better and get more strict pull-ups uh, when we're working that, uh, that aspect of their training. So once they're, I'm comfortable with that, they're at, they're at a point in their training where we can start adding in the kipping and, and uh, butterfly pull-ups. Uh, that's when we'll start doing that. But like I said, like, I, I like to see a, a pre like a, a prerequisite strength requirement that they're going to have as far as like moving their body without kipping first before I start having the kip. Um, and then once they've achieved that, that's when I'm going to start throwing a kip. I try to make athletes understand. Like, so it's, it's, it's good to have a goal as far as like time frame wise, but as far as like the athletes are going to progress differently, as far as like a muscle up may be um, doable in a year, depending on where you're at. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say an athlete can't if they have one strict pull up that is not doable within a year, but it's definitely going to be athlete dependent. Some athletes are going to progress faster than others, depending on like how long they've been training and other things are going to be in there as well. But once they have that pre-rex strength, then I'll start, you know, adding in the kip, dialing that movement, dialing the technique with that. And then we start going to butterfly. Don't progress to butterfly until the kip is down like to a point where I feel comfortable they can do multiple reps with that because then they're so comfortable in those positions that now I just got to change the rhythm up a little bit as far as uh, movement patterns, like where they're just transferring from hollow to arch in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything uh, from your perspective, is there anything like that they can do outside of these hollow and arc, like something with dumbbells is there any sort of work like lifting weights where they can be building strength on their pulling movements as far as like to help them outside of the body weight stuff? Uh, yeah, there's accessory work that they any that will be complementary to any um, like gymnastics folk. We'll say gymnastics centered programming. We're, we're assuming these athletes, their main priority is like to get. They want to get better at gymnastics, so the, the, the programming is going to be more, I would say, skewed towards that. So there are accessory lifts that people can do on top of that. It's just a matter of, like, you don't want to just throw those in um, willingly. I, I do a lot of stuff where they're going to be, like, moving their body in space in different ways, and that can be at different tempos and things like that. And at the same time, we'll do, like, joint-specific stuff that and unilateral stuff, which means, like, one side of the body that will help and, and complement those movements. Um, but it's definitely a more in depth, uh, and more athlete dependent on, depending on where they're at and what kind of work they need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they have issues, um, as far as like with an upper, like a, a upper body pull and maybe just like the timing or like the, 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 the uh, the strength with it. Um, we're going to add in a few more things than I would for an athlete that maybe doesn't have, 
that big of an issue. Maybe they just have more of an issue of like maybe just controlling their body and space. Um, so we're going to work different things. Uh, so it's going to be athlete dependent on that. Uh, accessory work is is nice and it should be complementary to the main gymnastics program. But I would say that the nuts and bolts of it is going to be a lot more um, like moving their like their body in space in different ways and things like that um, to where they're. And I, I like to couple it with um, best way. I mean, sometimes I couple it with like they're going to be moving their body in space. Like with something, it could be feet elevated, ring rows at a tempo, and then they're going to do a super set with that. Where they may be like holding. Uh, it could be dumbbells or barbells in a front rack just to kind of strengthen that core position. And they may be doing like a certain, like a front rack hold for a certain amount of time just to kind of make sure that they can still engage their core and fatigue that core at the same time that we're going to go into the gymnastics program. Now we're kind of progressing past other things, but that's an example of an accessory piece that I may add in there depending on what the athlete's doing. Um, but I wouldn't say like dumb, like, say like body maintenance joint maintenance like that's what the accessory work will be for like dumbbells with gymnastics and things like that um but as far as being able to like really develop the gymnastics aspect of uh, what people are trying to get better at they're only going to get better with that by trying to move their body in space with different progressions you know what i'm saying there's yeah. some things you can do with the dumbbell but you have to be careful i'm not going to try to tell someone that they can they're going to be able to get better at gymnastics and all, all they need is a dumbbell. That's that's not going to happen. Um, they're going to they're going to need to be able to move and pull their body in space in different in, in, in different planes to be able to get better at that kind of a thing. Um, yeah. Dumbbells and things like that are great for accessory works to complement it, but they're not going to by themselves get them there. So that and that was just a curious question that I had because I always just jumped yeah. on and you know my skating stuff helps me out with body awareness. That's just natural, like. I kind of know where my body is. The tricky part for even me is when I go upside down, I'm very comfortable being upside down. But when you go upside down to recognize where your body's at is a totally different ball game. Like you say, straighten your legs. Like this was a big issue in the open whenever they put that tape line up up there and your heels had to go above it. And people, when you're giving them cues, they have no clue what, like when you say heels up, they're like, I don't know what that means when they're upside down and they're in the middle of the moment. Right. So handstand push-ups. where do you go from there? If they've like, they don't really have a good handstand pushup, like not even a really good kipping. They want to learn it, but that's a tough one. Like handstand pushups are really hard. And so they want to be able to at least get maybe up to stringing five together by the time this open comes around. See, and, that, and if we're assuming that the athlete has, are we assuming the athlete has, Strict handstand push-ups? No. Only so kipping. The now the same, only kipping I the same it's approach. like so-so on the kip. So so-so on this kip. The more you can control your body without kipping, I would say the better you're going to be at actually kipping a handstand push-up. You know what I mean? So there's different. So I would do a lot of different things as far as like progression-wise with some an athlete that doesn't have strict handstand pushups, but has been doing kipping handstand pushups. And they, cause you're going to be amazed like what they can do moving their body in space, like in a, in a strict sense. Uh, when all of a sudden now after that, we develop that skill when they add in kipping, how much better they're going to be at kipping at that point in time. So would um, you but think, a lot, they're going to spend you, a lot of time. Would you think that like negatives, like if you've got a workout program for the day and it has five handstand pushups in it or 10, 
would you think that somewhere between five, like five to seven negatives in that workout where they're just slowly dropping themselves down would strengthen that handstand push up ability, like that strict ability? Did you, did you, did you say that the workout had 10 handstand push ups in it? Between five and 10, like whatever the workout is. Maybe it has five, maybe it has 10. So it would be athlete dependent in the sense of like how many can they do? And this is how many could they do unbroken keeping handstand pushups throughout the workout, but they don't have strict. And I would have them, yeah, I either I would tell them not to do the keeping handstand pushups. And then I would most likely like cut the reps. A place I would start being athlete dependent on, I would start cutting the reps in half and have them do a negative lower. So I'm keeping them in the same time frame and also at the same time, not really taxing it too much, but we're, the negatives is an awesome way to control like that, that eccentric or that ice, like that eccentric, that lowering movement is an awesome way for athletes to get stronger in that position. Um, I'm a big fan of negatives, especially with athletes that don't have the strict movement. I do that a lot um, and pr- progress them through that kind of a thing a lot to get, to get better. And you'd be, they'll be surprised how fast they're going to develop that. And that's something I think a lot of athletes just in general, like with CrossFit workouts, um, they're a little bit, I think coaches sometimes can be a little bit hesitant to do it, um, with, depending on, but you have to know your athlete a little bit, but even then all starts, especially if an athlete's been doing a lot of, uh, we'll say like banded or ring rows and things like that, something to kind of change things up and they add some variance in there is some negative pull-ups where they're just going to be like lowering their body, but only like not, definitely not for if the pull, if the workout is ran, I'm not going to have an athlete do like. 21, 15, nine of negative pull-ups. That's way too much for that style of workout. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd take the rest down drastically for that kind of a thing. Um, but it's also a different style of workout. I don't even know if I would do that for Fran, but anyway, um, yeah, negative, negative pull-ups is a great way for them to learn to not only lower themselves correctly, but at the same time, build that strength, that strict strength on both movements, pull-ups and handstand push-ups, uh, which is going to transfer over, uh, to other things later on. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I visit that uh, quite a bit with athletes when they're trying to develop that pre- prerequisite strengths. Yeah. And th- like I say that because negatives are so important to me. I couldn't do a handstand push up. And instead of keep trying to do just a handstand push up, I would, I would do that exact same thing when it was 10 reps. When it was 10 reps of something in the workout, I would just do five negatives. But I made sure those negatives were high quality negatives. And then, one day, like I was able to do handstand pushups. So it was like, it worked out perfect. And so I think negatives are super important, but then being disciplined to follow that, that plan instead of like wavering off of it and wanting to like, Oh, I'm going to go in today's workout says I'm supposed to do five, you know, or 10 pull-ups and I can do them in two sets. So I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to go do the 10 sets of bad kipping pull-ups Versus doing five negatives and working on what I'm supposed to be working on. If you stick to that plan, you're going to jump ahead further later on down the line than you are by just going up there and flailing around and wasting your time up there. Right. It's taking the time, it's just taking the time to take a few steps back to get better overall of movement as opposed to just keep beating your head against the wall at the same thing you've been doing forever and ever just because that's the way you've always been doing it. And you know that people have a, a tough time. If I tell an athlete, Hey, you know, if they always do an RX weight, like a pull up or an RX weight at a, for a barbell movement, they're always doing the same thing because that's what they've always done. But at the same time, they're not improving. 
It's because they're refusing to take a step back to get a little bit better by taking the weight down and adding more intensity or just doing a certain aspect of a, of a, of a, of a gymnastics movement, like a hands, like put it up, instead of like doing, you know, five kipping handstand pushups, doing a 30 second to 60 second handstand hold against the wall. Um, it's kind of tough sometimes for athletes to wrap their head around, but it's something that if they add that in those little aspects in there and change the workouts up, they're going to see a lot of improvement, um, especially if they stick to that kind of plan. Um, and that's where just working with a coach and so that you know, they kind of know what you've been doing uh, and they can progress you safely as, as you know, dependent on each workout. Um, and that's what we're just talking about an athlete that's just doing class workouts or not class workouts, just doing like one watt a day or anything like that. Yeah. I'm not doing any extra programming. They're not doing it. So it's possible to use a workout and still hit the intensity aspect of it. But, you know, intensity is relative. Sometimes you may not be like super out of breath because you didn't go fast in the workout because you were just doing a handstand hold. But you're going to feel the impact of that type of a workout in a different way. But it's still intense. Like, so intensity is not just being per se, like out of breath. Like if you look at like the workout, uh, what is it? Uh, JT. Uh, I, don't, I always mess up that order of this. I'm pretty sure it's like it's 21, of like ring dips. I always mess this up. It's like handstand pushups and handstand pushups. And like, that's a redundant movement pattern. So it's per se, like you're not going to get like super out of breath, like athletes, unless they're like really, really good at those movements, they're not going to be able to go super fast at that kind of a workout. Uh, it's a redundant stamina style of workout. With, so it's going to hit differently. But it's still intense. It's just a different type of intensity. Um, so getting your athletes to like kind of wrap their head around that um, as they go from class to class uh, sometimes takes a little bit of time. But if, if if they're working with the coach, they're going to be able to to progress safely, and and they're going to keep an eye on them and know how they're doing, and they're going to do certain things like that. Right on, man. Well, anything else we need to add before before we close the gymnastics out? Well, I mean, I think it's just one of those things that they have to understand. Like, it's going to gymnastics is going to take time, and it's not going to be a a quick fix. And you're going to have to be patient as you're working through those progressions um, week in and week out, uh, and trust that it's going to pay off in the end. Like, don't try to force things. Don't try to like jump steps ahead. Take time to go through the progressions, proper progressions. You know, if you find a program that works and goes through that kind of thing, that's going to be successful. Find a coach that's going to help you progress through those things that knows your ability as an athlete at that point and can safely progress you to a point where you're going to achieve your goal. It may not be when you want it to, but it will happen because they have they they have enough experience to know how to 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 program things for you and extra work for you to to hit that uh, hit that goal. So take your time, go through the progressions correctly, work and move your body in space. Don't try to jump steps ahead or skip steps in the process. Yeah. I'm going to add one thing cause I thought about it and it's something we brought up earlier about you. You're saying coaching a lot, something super important before we think videotape your gymnastics <laughs> movements from the side, whatever. If you don't have a coach around that can watch you, even the coach can videotape you and show you where your body's at. You learn where your body is and what that feels like when it gets in that correct position by watching the videos. And also you can compare like he's, you know, you're saying you're not firing your hips or you're not doing this or you're not active in your shoulders, whatever it is. Like you can see visually see it in your head. It's super important. It has been one of the biggest keys to me improving technique in any of my gymnastics movements. And I highlight like 
a coach did that with me one time. They videotaped me, and it changed everything the way I did it because I'm like, oh, I see what you want me to do now. Bang, I was able to do it. Like constantly videotaping yourself to check your own form if you don't have a coach with you or if you can send it to a coach or having the coach videotape your or partner or whatever. Super important. And then the next one is yep. discipline. Like you just said, stay patient and disciplined with all of these drills and technique work because that's the most important thing when it comes to doing these gymnastics movements. Yeah, it's not, it's not always fun to hold, do like four sets of the 60 or 60 second hollow body hold. That's not the fun stuff, but like those little things are going to pay off if, if you stick with that program. So, yep. All right, Brian, that was fun. Cool.